0: The Trouble with Being a Demon Part 1 of the Fiends with Benefits series A Good Omens fic, written by Verdant Vulpis, read by Literarian Chapter 26 The Trouble with Being a Demon It was going to be a long night. Aziraphale, bless him, wanted to talk about what they'd witnessed in the basement, but as they closed the door of their little guest room and climbed into bed, Crowley found he wanted nothing more than to forget about the whole thing. It was enough to know that Antony was safe and cared for. He didn't want to look at it any closer than that. Antony had teased him in the greenhouse, saying Crowley wanted to be the one in the dungeon. He'd said as much tonight too, grinning at him even while he was tied to the block. And he wasn't entirely wrong. But he wasn't entirely right, either. You seem to like what you saw fell coaxed gently, looking at him with deep blue eyes from the pillow beside him. Crowley felt his face grow hot at the memory of spilling over the angel's palm as Antony cried out in pained pleasure. If you are asking me if I want that, I don't, Crowley grumbled. It felt like a lie, but it was also the truth. I'm glad Azira fell sighed. I think Zira was right about it not being for us. Yep, Crowley agreed, simultaneously grateful and disappointed, relieved and hurt. He didn't understand the conflict raging inside him, and it frightened him. Was he losing his mind? Was he more broken than he'd thought? You can talk to me, fell whispered. I'm here. Crowley swallowed and chewed his lip. The smart thing to do would be to play it cool and wait for the conflict to pass. He was just surprised. He'd feel calmer in the morning. He should just close his eyes and sleep it off. I don't have the words to express what it's like, Angel, he whispered instead. Don't want to risk saying it wrong and giving you the wrong impression. I don't want to do... I don't want to do that. The picture of Anthony play-struggling in his bonds replayed in his mind, confusing him more and more. I can't pinpoint what it is about that that I don't want, though. I take that to mean there were aspects of it that appealed to you? Aziraphale murmured as he took Crowley's hand. You know that it is all right to appreciate those things in theory without wanting to do them in practice, right? Crowley rolled over to look at the angel seriously. He didn't know that. Maybe that was all this was. He liked what he saw, but didn't want to do it himself. He tried to imagine himself chained up at Aziraphale's mercy like that, and his cock stirred immediately. Nope, that wasn't it. Fuck, he grumbled, squeezing his eyes closed. Just thinking about it gets me going. Aziraphale hummed thoughtfully, a slow, thoughtful smile playing across his cherubic features. Crowley was instantly suspicious. What if we came at it slightly... gentler? The angel murmured as he slid on top of Crowley. What if we found our own way to draw you from the darkness that haunts you? He whispered between kisses pressed to Crowley's collarbones. Crowley basked in all the contact, shivering with excitement as his skin woke into goose flesh with each kiss. Don't think about what intimidated you. Just tell me what you liked about what you saw tonight. Aziraphale nipped his shoulder and Crowley hissed, instinctively rolling his hips against the angels. Like the notion of giving in to the darkness instead of fighting it, he admitted. So tired of fighting it. Never thought I could find any safety in it, though. Go on fell coaxed, gently rubbing Crowley's nipple while he kissed Crowley's chest. It was distracting in the most helpful way. "'Was always alone before when it came on,' he admitted reluctantly. "'Got into a dark place and just had to sit in it, hoping to come out the other side in one piece.' "'Anthony's got someone to walk into the shadows with him "'instead of just trying to drag him into the light.' "'Do I drag you into the light, darling?' fell asked seriously, looking up at him now. "'I think you'd want to, if you saw me like that,' Crowley shrugged. "'That thought's better than you getting cross and giving up on me.' Although I wouldn't blame you, honestly. I assure you, I won't ever give up on you, Fell vowed. But I won't promise not to be cross if you're being monstrous. Crowley smiled, knowing the angel was trying to lighten the mood, but it felt like he was missing the point. Thing is, I've never tried to run away from it. Doesn't work. Crowley sighed. Try to ignore it, or concentrate on my work. There's no moving out of it once it gets its claws in. You'd only be getting cross for no reason. You'd only get dragged down with me. If I had my way, I'd just go away somewhere so you don't have to see me like that. Please don't. I'd come back. Crowley assured him quickly. I'd always come right back. Would only be for a little while. You'd hardly notice. I don't care for this plan, tried chided, bopping Crowley's nose with his fingers. Let's come up with another one. Why is it you believe Zira can walk in shadows, but I cannot? I did go into hell for you, you know. You can walk wherever you want, I expect. Crowley snorted. Stubborn Muppet. If you need something from me, Crowley... I won't be able to take it, Crowley grumbled. That's the entire problem, Angel. You could wax poetic about all the happy good things to come, but it won't mean anything to me. The darkness has its own reality that's just louder than everything else. Everything except pain? fell asked warily. <laughs> Zira wasn't hurting, Anthony. Crowley laughed. <laughs> He'll be sore, maybe, but he wasn't hurting in any way he didn't very much enjoy. Trust me. Then how was Zira helping him? He took away Anthony's power. His choice. Gave him something accessible to both of them in the darkness. Zira makes him feel weak for him, but in a way that's safe. Desirable even. He's in the dark with him. Zira's real to him now, so he's not... not alone. Aziraphale watched him quietly for a moment, then stroked his fingers through Crowley's hair. I'd like to be there for you, if I can, he whispered. I'll keep that in mind, Angel. Crowley lied. But it's not something we have to worry about right now. Not feeling any shadows tonight. Just a beautiful, silky body on top of me, apparently starting something with no intention of finishing it. How horrible! Aziraphale gasped. You poor thing! I know. (laughs) Crowley sniffed and gave an exaggerated pout. Just another example of how very difficult it is to be me. I'll just have to see what I can do about this, shall I? Aziraphale smirked before wriggling down Crowley's body. Can't see getting into one of those funks any time soon, now that I have you, Crowley sighed. Your lips around my cock would go a long way towards nullifying them. Raphael slid his mouth up Crowley's erection as he looked up at him with mischievous eyes. He kissed the tip before smirking knowingly at Crowley. Now, dear, he chided, I know you're not trying to guilt me into making love to you in hopes of avoiding some mental crisis. Then you're not paying attention, cause that's exactly what I'm doing. Crowley grinned. And as a being of divine love and healing, it is now your solemn duty to fuck me senseless whenever I'm remotely sad. Work, work, work. fell sighed. Anthony was shouting. The exclamations were muffled through the floor, rendering the words incomprehensible, even if Crowley weren't half asleep. He groaned, trying to bury his head under the covers, but now that he was awake, he couldn't seem to go back to sleep. Obviously Zira was no longer trying to disguise their marital disputes. What's going on, Angel? he muttered, but there was no answer. Peeking out of his cocoon confirmed that he had been abandoned again. There was a moment of blissful quiet before Antony's voice came again, joined this time by another loud yelp. Crowley bolted upright at once when he recognized Aziraphale's voice in the fray below. He immediately snapped himself downstairs into the kitchen, ready to jump to his angel's defence. He stared in incomprehension at the scene before him. Antony and Tazera fell, both excitedly shouting encouragement at Zira, while the principality juggled four water balloons. Zira tossed Crowley an amused grin a second before his grey eyes widened in surprise, a blush flashing across his cheeks. He missed a balloon and was soon drenched. Anthony roared with laughter and Crowley finally realised that he had forgotten to manifest some clothing in his haste to rescue Aziraphale. He quickly rectified that, now nearly as pink as Zira. <laughs> That's one way to win a bet. Anthony sighed good-naturedly as he passed a couple notes over to Fell. You seem to be in a good mood. Crowley smirked at the demon after miracling Zira dry. Figured you'd be cranky and walking with a pronounced limp. I am in a good mood, Antony grinned, and I do have a limp. He took in Zira's new flush of embarrassment and continued loudly, How could I not after being fucked so well? Really, Crowley, Zira groaned. Must you? "'Must I tell them about your amazing, fantastic, wonderful cock?' Anthony laughed as Zira hid his red face in his hands. "'I must, Angel, I really must. "'They should know. "'In fact,' he drawled, "'slowly walking backwards towards the garden door, "'everyone should know.' Crowley, don't you dare shrieking about my nethers in the garden again. You know Mrs. McElroy has a heart condition. Anthony pouted and returned to the kitchen. It would have been a public service announcement. (sighs) He began before trailing off with a jaw-cracking yawn. You're ridiculous, Zira chuckled. "'Go back to bed, darling. You need to be rested for the ritual later, and As and I have some loose ends to tie up at the bookshop anyway.' Anthony nodded and vanished without argument, but Crowley scowled at the angels. "'Then what the heaven am I supposed to do?' he grumbled. He was hoping the four of them would spend their last day together, not that he'd admit that level of sentiment aloud. "'Whatever you like,' Zira shrugged. "'We'll only be an hour or so. Honestly, I figured you wouldn't mind an opportunity to nap, either.' Crowley opened his mouth to complain, but closed it again. Aziraphale hadn't had the opportunity to spend as much time with Zira as Crowley had with Antony, and if this was going to be their last chance to bond, he wasn't going to come between the angels. Two hours wouldn't be so bad, and Crowley did like to sleep. So he planted a kiss on Aziraphale's cheek, then one on Zira's, before returning upstairs. He paused outside the main bedroom before deciding to pop in there rather than continuing to the guest room. Anthony was already curled up in bed, but he sat up when Crowley entered. ''What do you want now?'' he asked warily. ''Nap,'' Crowley answered simply, sliding into bed. To his mild surprise... Anthony smiled and pulled him closer until Crowley could tuck his head in under Anthony's chin. I should apologize again for interrupting last night, Aziraphale told his counterpart. Zira shrugged off his concern with a gentle smile. We're not upset that you saw us, he assured him. We just don't want you two trying anything you're not ready for. Promise me you'll be careful. Aziraphale nodded in relief. He certainly wasn't in a hurry to replicate what they witnessed. Hopefully, Azirafel had time to find an alternative solution by the time his Crowley relapsed into that darkness. Were you able to give Antony any aftercare in that dungeon? Azirafel asked quietly. Zira sighed, and Azirafel instantly regretted the question. None of my business, Sorry. It's just that you explained its importance before, and I don't see how it fits in this context, but I trust you to know your husband's needs. You love him too. Zira smiled. fell winced because, heaven help him, he did. You want to know he's all right. I understand. This is terrible timing, Crowley going through this now with you two here. I suspect we are here because he's going through this, felt teased. But yes, Crowley and I are somewhat smitten with you both. It's hard to leave you when you're struggling. This isn't our first round with this struggle, Zira reminded him. I've thinned the space between the basement and our bedroom, too. Crowley was still being stubborn about it, wanted to continue the scene. We compromised by keeping his wrists bound with the red rope. Aziraphale grinned. So he was literally powerless to stop you from providing aftercare? Well, of a sort. Zira laughed and lowered his voice conspiratorially. Crowley was still calling the shots after all, so I tied his wrists to the headboard. Then I gently made love to him while telling him how beautiful he was. How precious and loved. Poor thing, cried for an hour. Aziraphale made a broken sound in his throat, and Zera quickly wrapped him in his arms. "'It's good for him to have that kind of release, too,' he whispered. "'He needs to remember that we can weep without punishment. "'And you saw how much happier he was this morning. "'He's already on his way out of it.' "'That was true.' There was no arguing with the glee shining in Antony's eyes while he watched his husband juggle in the kitchen. Aziraphale had been so happy in that moment, too, placing wagers and laughing with them both. He was delighted when Crowley joined them at last. Aziraphale missed having good, wholesome fun sometimes. He would have to make sure to say yes to more of Crowley's silly games in the future. It had worked wonders for Zira and Anthony. What are the loose ends you mentioned earlier? He asked Zira reluctantly. He didn't want to end their hug, but there was no point delaying what must be done. Ah, yes, Zira grinned. Come with me to the shop. Crowley woke up to find himself thoroughly tangled in a mess of wiry limbs. Anthony may have been more octopus than snake. He was warm, though, so Crowley didn't mind. He shifted backwards slightly, to better see the demon ensnaring him, only to find Antony had become similarly wrapped up by Crowley. He pursed his lips, frowning at his disobedient arms and legs, clearly acting on their own accord while he slept. He peeled himself away, careful not to wake Antony, then drifted around the cottage like a wayward spirit. He hated not knowing what to do with himself. He glared at his watch, sure the angels should have been back by now. He was about to attempt finding one of these thinned pockets of space in hopes of popping in on them, but quickly thought better of it. This was their time. Sooner or later, he was going to have to learn a little patience. But being patient tended to make Crowley furious, and this was no exception, so he stalked outside, determined to take his frustration out on the garden weeds. That's where Anthony found him an hour later, up to his elbows in soil, a basket full of ripped weeds, sweat on his brow, and immensely calmer than before. That can wait. He beckoned at Crowley as he strode towards the greenhouse. Crowley stretched, several joints crick-cracking into place, then followed the demon into the humid enclosure. A cardboard box of miscellaneous garden plants was thrust into his hands the moment they reached the work table. "'Seats on the marked envelopes, and the cuttings are on marked jars,' Anthony grunted." My book's in there, too. So pretty clear. Even you should manage without much trouble. Ah, uh, thanks? Crowley breathed, setting the box down in order to snoop through the selection. He ignored the implied insult, too surprised by the offering. There was quite a bit more there than he'd been expecting. This is... Just shut up and take it, Anthony grumbled, turning away from him to spritz some seedlings with his mister. Pretty sure that's Zira's line, Crowley leered and was relieved to hear Anthony snort a quick laugh. The raven-haired demon certainly seemed more relaxed than he had in days. What Zira did... Crowley trailed off nervously, but he was compelled to finish when Anthony turned back to him, one dark brow arched high over his glasses. Did it help? Mm, I mean, nothing's fixed, Anthony shrugged. But yeah, helped a lot. Crowley swallowed, and it was his turn to look away. He was glad Antony had found something that might work for him, but... Did you... like what you saw? Antony asked carefully. Crowley sighed and dropped down on a stack of bagged potting soil and scuffed dejectedly at the floor with his boot. Don't know, he muttered, frustrated with himself again. I get it now. The bondage and submission, even the humiliation, to a degree. I see the appeal in getting to feel weak for once, to just exist and let the angel do whatever he wants to me. There's freedom in that. Anthony leaned against the work table, crossing his ankles as he listened. He nodded in silent agreement, gesturing for Crowley to continue, something he really didn't want to do. He glared at the floor and kicked at it again instead. But... Anthony prompted annoyingly. Crowley growled, but the other demon only waited. (sighs) I don't know, Crowley complained. My angel isn't as timid as I thought he was, okay, but he's still a bloody marshmallow, Antony. Not Antony, Antony tried to interject, but Crowley wasn't listening. I'm the one who gets him out of trouble, he continued. He eats his sweets and reads his books and sees the good in everyone and I fucking love him so bloody much for it. Fuck, I love him as a marshmallow. I want to protect him. I don't want him to have to wallow in my darkness. Not even sure he can. (laughs) What? Anthony snorted. He's a principality, Red. He was created to be able to handle demonic bullshit. He'd probably manage the dark better than you. Crowley was momentarily at a loss for words. So great was his outrage. Why was Anthony being so obtuse? My point is, Crowley snarled through clenched teeth, My point is, Aziraphale has to be strong enough, dark enough, for me to feel I can surrender my control and I still have trouble seeing him that way. Yeah, I get it. Anthony sighed wistfully. As is pretty adorable. Reminds me of my angel back in the day. Mollified now, Crowley had to smile. All in all, he had far more than he ever thought he could have. Aziraphale loved him, and Aziraphale actually wanted to have sex with him, and the sex was fantastic. What did it matter if Crowley didn't get to be dominated anymore? He'd gladly give that small aspect up for everything else he'd been given. He noticed Anthony smirking at him and quickly bit his soppy smile off into a scowl. Course, that just means it will be extra hilarious when he eventually surprises you with that sexy dark side that he absolutely has under all that fluff. <laughs> Anthony snickered. Crowley groaned, very much a fan of that idea. <laughs> Here's to hoping, mate. fell stared at the iron box. It was ten by twelve inches and heavy. He already knew it contained something irreplaceably precious. I don't understand he whispered, his eyes pricking with tears. You can't possibly... Surprise! (laughs) Zira giggled, pushing the box across the counter towards him. You'll need to keep this safely locked away from mortals and explain to Red that he must absolutely steer clear of it, but I know this will be safe with you giving me one of your heavenly manuscripts, Rafael choked. His hands trembled as he gently unclasped the lock and lifted the lid. Sure enough, a gleaming text sat snug inside the protective case. The tears flowed freely now as he closed the lid again. I can't possibly accept this. He sniffed, the refusal causing him real pain. It's far too much. Nonsense, Zira insisted. It's yours. I have several others, and it isn't as though this exists in your world. A rare book indeed. And the first edition. I don't know what to say fell sobbed. Zira laughed through his own tears, letting fell throw his arms around him and pepper his face with kisses. fell shook from the intensity of his emotions. He was ridiculously grateful, powerfully happy and heartbroken, too. Splitting Zira's collection was... It felt wrong, and simultaneously it felt wildly romantic. I wanted to go with you, Zira murmured into his curls. I want you to have it to remember how much you mattered to me, to both of us. Then how can I possibly refuse? Aziraphale Rafel asked through a wobbly smile, his heart full. And bleeding. The four of them ate dinner together, laughing and teasing, and decidedly not discussing the ritual intended to merge their powers, despite having previously agreed to perform said ritual after dinner. Whenever there was a natural lull in the conversation, one of them would look uncomfortable, take a breath as if to broach the subject. And each time, someone would save them with a new topic instead. It made for a pleasant dinner, for the most part. However, once the washing up was done and there were no other distractions available, They were forced to return to the sitting room, where Antony and Zira set out the ritual materials on the coffee table. The husband spoke seriously, voices low as they talked it all through, while Crowley and Aziraphale hung back, feeling useless. "'I hope they keep talking,' Aziraphale said quietly. "'I mean, about what's important.' They really need to talk to each other. They really do, Crowley nodded. fell looked up at him then, eyes wide and serious. Do we need to talk? Nah, Crowley drawled, grinning toothily. We've got it all in the bag. Crowley? Raphael pressed, and Crowley sighed, rubbing his foot on the rug. Well, I guess I was kind of wondering. He glanced up at the other two, still deep in their own conversation, before staring down at the rug again. Um, well, what might you think about maybe not going back? You want to stay? Aziraphale sounded shocked, his voice suddenly a harsh whisper. Crowley flicked his gaze back up to the angel and was surprised to see that he looked hurt. Crowley, would coming home with me really be so terrible? What? Now it was Crowley's turn to be shocked. Course not, you twit. Wherever you go, I go. That's not even a bloody question. Wouldn't be any point in being anywhere without you. You have to know that. But you want to stay here? Raphael repeated, looking dubious. Crowley, I enjoyed my time here and I will miss... <sighs> he choked for a moment, eyes suddenly dangerously wet. A quick clearing of the throat and straightening of tie and waistcoat later, he continued. "'I will miss these two with all my heart. They've come to mean a great deal to me. But this isn't our world, Crowley. And this isn't our marriage. You can't really think we should insinuate ourselves in their home—' "'Was just asking what you thought.' Crowley growled angrily. ''And now I know. It's fine. Don't have to beat a dead horse. If you say no, then it's no.'' Anthony had said there was no way the angels would agree to let them stay together, and he'd been right. Crowley shouldn't have said anything. (sighs) ''It isn't that I'm not tempted.'' Aziraphale sighed. I am. Gravely so, in fact. But they have parts of their relationship that need seeing to, and, if I may be so bold, so do we. Sick of me already, Angel? Crowley smirked. Hardly. Aziraphale smiled. In fact... I think once we get back home, there may be a quick flurry of shopping to restock the kitchen and larder, then I intend to keep you trapped in my bedroom for several months. Just to restock the food and wine? Crowley pouted. I'd have thought you'd want to visit a few of those fancy Soho sex shops first. Maybe a hardware store. Oh, I already have. Aziraphale grinned. Zira has been kind enough to help me with everything we could need. He's even given us Sean. Crowley groaned and chewed his lip. Maybe going back would be okay after all. He sorely wanted some extended time with Fell, free of anyone else's expectations or drama. Antony whistled to them, beckoning them over to the coffee table, where there were now four coils of rope. One white, one black, and two red. I already like where this is going. He grinned excitedly at his counterpart, but Antony's answering smile lacked enthusiasm. Don't get your hopes up, he muttered. Leave it to an angel to suck all the fun out of rope. Zira and Aziraphale looked perfectly unamused, the spoil sports. These ropes may bear a similar colour scheme to your favourites, however, they have a vastly different purpose, Zira explained wryly. He went on to explain the ritual, and Anthony was right. It didn't sound fun at all. Aziraphale and Crowley sat on the Chesterfield, while Anthony and Zira were seated in chairs facing their counterparts. The objective, Zira explained, was to focus on their double, sense their magic, and connect to it. It sounded suspiciously like meditation, something Crowley had never been remotely good at. He was reasonably sure Aziraphale was bollocks at it, too. "'The ropes will act as a link, connecting all four of us to one another,' he continued, picking up the black and white ropes. "'White for us angels, black for the demons.' "'Groundbreaking,' Crowley grumbled, accepting his end of the black rope and letting fell, fasten it around his left wrist. Zira tied the other end to Antony's left as well. Then the demons helped connect the angel's right wrists with white rope. The red ropes will connect partners, Zira explained. And thus we have a complete circle. Angel to angel to love to demon to demon to love and so forth. Sounds really. Um. Crowley searched for something nice to say and grasped at nothing. It sounded horribly saccharine, honestly. Corny even. If he had any self respect left, he'd be loudly yelling, ugh! and rolling his eyes. Instead, he silently bound Antony and Zira's wrists right to left and let himself be tied to Aziraphale in return. Now. Zira took a deep breath and closed his eyes for a moment before opening them again and looking deeply into Aziraphale's eyes. Connect to your double. Begin to raise your own power, holding it at bay. Let your double reach across the link. Let your powers connect and flow together. Crowley chewed the inside of his cheek, watching the angels begin the world's most serene staring contest. It shouldn't be possible, but Crowley was sure he could feel the love shared between the two of them. Wishing he could even fake that level of calm, he reluctantly brought his gaze forward to lock eyes with Antony. Okay. Focusing. Raising power. Crowley reached for his infernal magic and brought it to the fore, holding it just at the point of pre-manifestation. He assumed Antony was doing the same. Now what? Is it supposed to move through the black rope or something? He glanced at the rope. Then remembered he wasn't supposed to look away from Antony and snapped his attention back to the other demon. He tried to focus. He really did. But his mind just wouldn't shut up, and now it looked like Anthony was struggling to keep from smiling. His jaw was tense, and his lips twitched. Don't fucking laugh. If you laugh, I'll laugh. Don't you fucking dare. Anthony's eyes shone with barely contained mirth now. Crowley tried to scowl at him, but that only made it worse. Antony was now physically biting his lip to keep from giggling. Finally, he broke with a loud snort that startled both the angels. Zira shot them a sullen look, but Azirafel of all people, came to their rescue. I confess I was having difficulty with this exercise as well, he sighed. When Crowley and I switched corporations, it helped to have a physical bridge between our bodies. We held hands, Crowley clarified when Antony gave them a highly suspicious look. Perhaps we're being too cerebral about this. Aziraphale went on, blushing a bit now. Everything we've experienced together here has been about connecting on a physical level. On finding power in our earthly forms. Perhaps we ought to use those earthly forms to connect to the truer forms within. Aziraphale's suggestion had the ring of truth to it. Everyone thought so. It went from hand-holding to snogging faster than the angels thought and longer than the demons had hoped, but here they were. Crowley hummed happily against Anthony's lips, toying with the demons' long tongue. The angels held each other lovingly, their kisses soft but thorough. Their hands were chastely on shoulders or waist, as opposed to the demons who kept sneaking in the odd grope, but just the sight of the angels snogging beside them was stunningly beautiful and achingly erotic to Crowley. He soon began to notice the angels were sneaking glances at them, too, feeding a hunger into those sweet kisses of theirs. This was much better than a staring contest. Better by spades, but he wasn't sure it was doing anything at all when it came to connecting their powers. His magic continued to thrum just below the surface, but he couldn't sense Antony's power. He was beginning to sense something else, though. Lust times 4 thick and smoky and strong. It wasn't that far of a leap from snogging, really. He and Anthony were still kissing wildly, in fact, but this time their black-bound hands were wrapped around each other's erections while their respective partners, as Zira called them, buried themselves in their respective demon's arse with vigour. The four of them were pressed in so close they could touch and kiss, lick and nip at will. Zira grunted into his husband's jet hair before pulling Crowley in for a lava-hot kiss, his white-bound hand now twisting in Aziraphale's curls. Aziraphale's own white-bound hand was similarly tangled in Antony's fringe. It was the kind of ritual Crowley really appreciated. No snide comments now. No eye rolls. Just the slap of skin and the puff of breath and a mounting sea of pleasure. Aziraphale kissed his shoulder, his red-bound wrist gripping Crowley's thigh while the white one rested on his arm. He was moving his hips slowly, much to Crowley's frustration, though it did serve to remind Crowley that pleasure wasn't the point of this. He was meant to be working on something. "'Where's your bloody magic, you wuzzak?' he growled at Antony. Antony laughed, ever unhelpful." It was starting to look like this wasn't going to work either, but at this point Crowley couldn't bring himself to care. He understood Aziraphale's reasoning for going back to their world, but he didn't see why they couldn't achieve the same end by just returning to this world's London so the husbands would have their space. They would, too, free to explore each other to their heart's content – picnics and the Ritz and their bench at the park, shit, and then go back to one flat or another and fuck until one or both of them went blind from it. Yes, fuck, yes, please! He was ecstatic to have that either way, but he couldn't help but think it was safer for them here and it would sure as fuck be even more fun with the option of visiting their friends in the South Downs. So if this ritual didn't work and they were stuck here even longer, maybe indefinitely even, Crowley was more than fine with it. And if the ritual failed, well, he'd still call it a success in other ways. Uh, "'Angel, please!' he groaned as Aziraphale slid in perfectly, lighting up his nerves like sparks of hellfire. Aziraphale only kept up the same languid pace, easing in and out of Crowley's body as if a lightning storm were and building inside him. One was definitely building inside Crowley. It grew, swirling dark clouds, heavy with power, sparking with deep orange light. It pulled at him with every maddening drag against his prostate, every firm stroke of his cock, every press of angelic lips to his fevered skin. Oh, shit, that's... Crowley huffed, letting his head fall back, his mouth opened in a strained gasp. Anthony tucked his head under Crowley's raised chin, moaning as he licked at his collarbone. Their hands stilled in unison, heat bleeding through their skin where they gripped each other's weeping cocks, before starting again with firm, slow strokes. Even with his eyes closed, Crowley could see the black rope thrum to life, and he grinned because of course this was what they needed. Of course the four of them had to fuck their powers together. He'd had the right idea when he first saw the ropes. People really should listen to him more. Oh. Heaven, I. Azira fell, murmured against his shoulder. Oh, oh, Lord! Crowley, my darling, can you feel that? Mm, I can feel it all right, Crowley grunted. He was getting thoroughly stuffed by Azerafeld's thick cock while Anthony jerked him off and Zira bit into his shoulder. So it was beyond noteworthy that, above it all, he felt magic flare between them. Bloody hell, it's too much! Anthony cried, his face now pressed into Crowley's chest. Let it go! Zira gasped with a snap of his hips that made Antony keen. Don't fight it. Just trust in it, my loves. It won't hurt us. It is us, fell, cried, his voice tight with effort, as he sped up his thrusts to match the build-up of power. Crowley squeezed his eyes closed and faced the storm. Gripping Aziraphale's hand as it dug into his thigh, flicking his wrist over Antony's oaken length, he surrendered fully to whatever was happening along those tri-colored ropes. It was incredible, consuming, expanding, imploding, too much, not quite enough, and yet everything... The four of them were moving as one now, a wave-like motion that started from the outside and rolled inwards, cresting between the demons, before receding back out, only to be collected and pulled back in. There was a dizzying sense of centripetal motion running along the ropes, running through them all, making it difficult to catch his breath. Crowley tried to remind his body it didn't need air, but it strongly disagreed. Can't moan without air, can't gasp and cry and call out to your maker without air. Crowley needed to make noise right now. He couldn't survive this without the outlet of his voice, the punched-out breath, the moans, the guttural screams. He was inside Azirafel now as much as Azirafel was inside him. Anthony and Zira, too, their pleasure mounting quickly in a feedback loop that had Crowley seeing stars. He was sure he should have come several times by now, but the pressure of all this power kept his orgasm at bay, so he was riding a knife's edge of intense agonizing pleasure for minutes, hours, days. Fuck, 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 he screamed, writhing in the mass of limitless bodies, no longer able to tell where he ended and his lovers began. He gasped and cried and finally called out to God, so desperate was he in this directionless cataclysm. He heard three other voices do the same. Finally, inexplicably, the tension snapped. Eight wings exploded into the room, white surrounding black surrounding them all. The immense power abruptly quartered itself, flowing back to its individual source. Finally, Crowley came. He came. And came! His climax was raw and frightening, the taste of four true forms was ozone and petrichor in his throat. Azira felt choked, then cried out like something being torn in half. Crowley felt the hot pulse of his angel's release fill him, mere seconds before Anthony spilled over his chest with a helpless wail, fangs flashing strangely with a holy, unholy light. Zira shuddered tellingly behind him, taut muscle and tendons falling lax as the stoic principality sobbed, golden tears flowing over soft red cheeks. Crowley had never experienced anything like that before, and he wasn't entirely sure he wanted to experience it ever again. It was good fantastic even, but terrifying. It was a thing of wild chaos. Too much even for a demon of his caliber. He honestly felt on the verge of madness for a moment. That was... he croaked before needing to suck in a desperate lungful of air. That was... He tried again. That was a thing. The others might have laughed, or they might have agreed. Crowley was no longer conscious enough to find out. fell bolted awake unaware he had fallen asleep. A sudden wave of nausea and vertigo hit him square in the face and he made a rather unpleasant sound before feeling Zira's steadying hand on his shoulder. Take your time, he warned. Not sure we're settled in our corporations just yet. That seemed as good an explanation as any for the sick, Weak feeling, so fell eased himself back to the rug and concentrated on occupying his own body for a while. Zira was lying across from him, his blonde hair a wild mess, grey eyes half-closed in exhaustion. Crowley was asleep on his side, flakes of dried spend cracking on his chest as he breathed. Anthony was curled up in a ball, his eyes softly closed, mouth slack. Little bubbles of spittle formed on his lip as he purred, the soft rumble igniting a fresh flame of affection in Aziraphale's heart. he does purr, Aziraphale sighed contentedly. he thought he'd briefly heard Anthony's purr after the demon's sex fight, but it hadn't happened again, so Azirafel assumed he'd been mistaken. He does, from time to time. Zira smiled fondly, kissing his husband's tawny shoulder. He hates it, of course. Does everything in his power to prevent it. Probably best not to mention it. I wonder if... He began, trailing his fingers over the constellation of freckles on Crowley's hip, but cut himself off when the demon stirred. (sighs) Crowley hissed, his brows pulling down in a sleepy scowl. (sighs) Aziraphale chuckled. Perhaps his crowley didn't purr, but his other noises were perfectly charming in their own way. "'Can't feel my ass," he muttered finally, his eyes still closed, as though he'd preferred to continue sleeping. He probably did. "'Shall I feel it for you, dear?' Aziraphale teased fondly laying a gentle kiss on his shoulder. Always, angel, Crowley mumbled sleepily, a moment before his eyes popped open, wide circles of burnished gold shot through with a mere pinprick of ebony as the demon shoved himself upright. What happened? Did we... are we... He floundered urgently before turning a pallid green and nearly fainting back to the floor. Easy, my love, Aziraphale comforted him. We're all safe and sound, just a bit weak. Can we be a bit weak and quiet? Antony grumbled, no longer purring. He didn't so much as open his eyes, the grumpy beast. It was another hour or two before Aziraphale felt able to stand. Half a day more before the four of them moved from the sitting room to take turns in the hot shower. Now that Aziraphale was up and mobile, he could feel his power as eager to be summoned as it ever was, yet he felt oddly shy about using a miracle so soon. Besides, being surrounded by pleasantly scented steam while hot water eased his weary aches felt infinitely better than snapping himself clean. Especially if he could ease his stiff joints while watching soap suds rinse out of Crowley's amber hair, the water running in little rivulets down the long expanse of freckled skin. "Angel, you're insatiable," Crowley groaned when Aziraphale pulled his demon close and slit his erection between those pert round ass cheeks. "I love it. I love you." Azira fell whispered into the steam, frotting between firm glutes as warm water poured over them. Crowley steadied them, his hands flat against the tile, as Azira fell gripped his hips firmly and tugged him back to meet each thrust. He smiled when Crowley moaned with him, finally taking one hand off the shower tile to stroke himself. He hoped to study his movements, learn exactly what Crowley liked, but he was too close to his own climax to focus, done in by the warm skin and steam and water. The acoustics were something else too. Crowley's moans never sounded better. Yes, felt definitely saw the appeal in showers now his climax felt almost soft after everything they'd been through. It rose and flowed through him in a gentle wave, spurting up Crowley's back to be immediately rinsed away. Crowley was still working himself furiously as Azira fell lathered and washed his back and buttocks. Aziraphale bent to sweep the soap over lean, muscular calves and sharp ankles. Then he re-leathered his hand and added it to Crowley's squeezing and pulling along that delicious red effort. Crowley whined a garbled string of consonants and came across the tile. Aziraphale washed that, too, holding a happily sagging demon in his free arm. Showers were definitely going to be part of his new routine. According to the date on the morning paper, they had spent three full days asleep on the floor. Aziraphale used this as an excuse to take two extra muffins at breakfast, not that anyone was paying attention to that sort of thing. They broke their fast in comfortable silence, a little tired, a little sad, but all of them seemed to be at peace. Aziraphale knew that Crowley had wanted to stay here in this world. He imagined the demon was disappointed and yet Crowley kept sneaking his hand onto Aziraphale's knee or giving him affectionate little smiles as if to say he was content so long as they were together. Aziraphale was more than content with Crowley by his side. But if he was being perfectly honest, he was also a bit disappointed in the spell's success. If the spell had failed, he'd have been able to convince himself that they had tried everything, shrug it off and proceed without feeling as guilty about invading Zira and Antony's world and their lives. But the spell had worked. When he flexed his power now, he felt it expand past its previous limits. It was exciting, and he looked forward to exploring his new powers in due time. But it also meant that the glyphs and spells Zira had shown him earlier now made sense where before they had felt impossible. The ability to make a portal home was now well within reach, connected as they were to the vibrations of their own world. But once they crossed over and that connection vanished, so too would their hope of ever coming back here. He and Zira had fruitlessly scoured the books for days, looking for a way to use their merged powers to create a new connection. Unfortunately, once the energy divided and returned to them, it left Aziraphale and Crowley more powerful than they previously were, but still uniquely themselves. There was nothing recognisably Zira or Antony to their power. There was no lasting magical connection, after all. Zira and Antony retained the same level of power they had before the ritual and Aziraphale counted them all fortunate that the husbands hadn't been adversely affected by sharing their magic. They were all exceptionally lucky in so many ways. It seemed selfish to want more. Still, once the plates were cleared and they all returned to the sitting room to collect their things, Aziraphale couldn't hold back the tears of regret. When the portal yawned open between Zira's bookcases, he cringed slightly at the sight. No one moved for a moment. Anthony was looking at Zira expectantly. Crowley was trying not to be obvious as he watched Azira fell from behind his black glasses. His face was impassive, but Azira fell could fairly read the words. "'I go where you go,' in his stunts. The four of them had worked tirelessly for this moment. It seemed illogical not to stay on course. Raphael gathered his courage and crossed the floor, pulling Antony into a firm embrace. Antony whined brokenly and kissed him. It felt desperate and jagged, and when they parted, fell found Crowley in a similarly aching embrace with Zira. They switched then to say their final farewells to their counterparts. This kiss was warm, with an honest, deep affection. They held each other fiercely before letting go with a shared sigh of resignation. Crowley and Antony parted just as reluctantly, but Azira fell caught a quick glimpse of something furtively passed between them before Crowley pocketed it. What was that? Azira demanded, and the demons flinched. This sort of temporal magic was bloody dangerous enough without two mischievous demons cocking it up with some secret shenanigans. The Crowleys both did their best to look confused and innocent, but Zira joined Aziraphale in staring them down, and finally Crowley cracked under the pressure. (sighs) Fine, he grumbled, pulling out the small black cloth he'd pocketed. It's just some pine resin, all right. Anthony wanted to send me off with some catnip. Oh, Good Lord, Raphael groaned, unsure if he should be relieved or not. Promise me you'll not use that anywhere near my shop. The demon snickered and Crowley made a vague cross-my-heart gesture before pocketing the cloth bundle again. Then he returned to the table to pick up his box of plants. With nothing left to say or do, Aziraphale followed suit, slinging the leather duffel containing his various Soho purchases and the coil of enchanted black rope over his shoulder. He picked up the precious iron box, making sure to keep it on the side farthest from Crowley until he could secure it somewhere safe. It was time to go. He felt his knees weaken. His chest felt tight with emotion. Unable to tolerate looking back, Aziraphale squared his shoulders and walked briskly through the portal before his legs could give out. There was a horrible moment of disquieting vertigo and a sickening sense of knowing when he was between worlds and functionally nowhere in existence before he came out the other side. He collapsed into the back room of his own bookshop in his own world. He shook his head to reorient himself, then quickly gathered up his belongings to clear a space for Crowley. For a heart-stopping moment, the portal remained empty. Then Crowley was vomited out into the room with a startled yelp, the contents of his cardboard box spilling out onto the rug. Aziraphale barely had a chance to expel his held breath in relief when the portal winked out. The void it left was quickly filled in by shelves of books as the temporal space between worlds healed over. Crowley sighed and gathered up his envelopes and cuttings, miracling the spilled water back into the glasses for the little green and gold plants. Then he was on his feet and walking away as though nothing happened. Crowley, wait! Wait! Aziraphale called. We should talk about this. Later, angel, Crowley drawled over his shoulder. Let's just keep moving for a bit, eh? Fill that larder of yours and maybe buy a nice bottle of champagne to celebrate. Celebrate? Aziraphale echoed hopefully. That does sound lovely, but I don't want to start off our adventure together already on the wrong foot. "'We should discuss this, even if it's sad.' "'We will,' Crowley promised, lingering at the doorway. "'But not standing awkwardly in this room, and not right now. "'Please, I need to concentrate on what I have,' Bloody brilliant as it is, without... (sighs) He trailed off with a sigh, and Aziraphale realised Crowley was right. There was no harm in counting their blessings first. There would be time enough to mourn their loss in the days ahead, but for now, a nice normal outing to fetch groceries and celebratory drinks sounded perfect. He set the iron box down and joined Crowley, reveling in the wide, honest grin that earned him. He giggled as Crowley set his box of plants on the counter so he could take Aziraphale's hand and drag him out of the bookshop. The sun was shining in Soho and it looked like it was going to be a gloriously beautiful day. Crowley watched the portal close behind Red, the pale light winking out anticlimactically. For a while, he and Zira simply stood there, watching the place where their counterparts had stood, and silently adjusting to the absence. Well, that was quite the adventure, wasn't it? Zira said finally. Crowley nodded. The adventure was over and now came quiet, uninterrupted downtime to contemplate their marriage and how it had a habit of getting bloody hard every few years. He watched Zira out of the corner of his eye, hidden now behind his glasses. He hadn't noticed he was wearing them. He wasn't wearing them earlier, was he? Had Zira noticed? Should he take them off? Ugh. he hated that this niggling lack of confidence kept coming back from time to time. He should know his angel better by now. Zira should know him better too. He took off the glasses. It had been a very long six thousand years, but the last thirty had felt so much fuller than he could have hoped. They should talk this all out. They should figure out what exactly kept breaking between them and finally fix it. They should just confront it all head on. Well, that's that, I suppose, Zira asserted brightly, finally looking at Crowley. I'll be in my study, if that's all right. "'I have a rather extensive backlog of work to get through, "'so don't feel any need to wait on supper for me.' "'Oh,' Crowley blinked as his train of thought derailed. "'I don't tend to actually eat unless you're around,' he reminded the angel. "'Not a big fan of food, me.' "'All the better.' Zira answered a little too pleasantly as he headed for the stairs. The roast will keep. We'll cook it up tomorrow. Tomorrow. Crowley echoed quietly, alone in the sitting room. He put his glasses back on. I'll meet you in the basement at eleven o'clock, Zira announced from the top of the stairs. I'm setting an alarm right now, dear. Right. Well. Clearly, talking things out could wait. Zira was obviously as upset about Az and Red leaving as Crowley was. It was just like him to bury that in paperwork, and honestly, what was another day, week, month, year, decade to immortal husbands. Zira said he'd set an alarm. He promised he wouldn't forget Crowley again. Maybe he meant it. Maybe eleven o'clock would roll around and Crowley would hear the click of Zira's shoes on the stone steps before a sharp demand to strip and kneel. Or maybe the peace and quiet of his study would be too tempting, especially after all this drama and magic and now Crowley's drop besides. He could hardly blame the angel for wanting some time to himself. After thirty years of near-constant togetherness, maybe a little space was exactly what they needed. Crowley could stretch his own wings and finally get up to some quality trouble. He was still young. He could travel, see the sights, take the Bentley and explore other towns, other countries, other continents. Or... He checked to make sure Zira had shut himself in his study, then took the freshly enchanted coin from his pocket and rolled it along his knuckles. They'd nearly bungled the handoff of its twin when As spotted them. It was good Red was quick on his feet with a story, because Crowley had frozen. They made a good team, he and Red, and by now the other coin had likely been stashed somewhere safe and hidden in Az's cluttered bookshop. Crowley chuckled and rolled the coin along his knuckles one more time before palming it. The little pinprick of sunlight yawned open again. A warm breeze blew the black hair away from his face for a moment as the portal stabilized before him. Crowley's smile was slow and probably looked very evil indeed. He squeezed the coin, and the portal folded closed once more. He chuckled, feeling greatly smug and proud of himself as he pocketed the coin. Lots of opportunities for an adventurous demon. Other countries. Other continents. A whole other world. Crowley crept down the steps to the dungeon, and got to work manifesting some more furnishings. He put the St. Andrews Cross in the corner with a configurable sex machine nearby. He conjured up a swing, suspension bar, bondage cage, and finally a large mattress on the floor. He brought down several of their more interesting toys, careful not to make too much noise as he passed the study. With another hour left to kill, Crowley decided to strip down on the mattress and have a bit of fun with the purple monstrosity red let him keep. He prepared himself hastily, feeling desperate and impatient, before slicking up the dildo and working it in with short, quick strokes. "'Oh, phew!' he groaned. "'Bloody brilliant! Ah!' He brought himself off three times before he heard a door open and the sharp click of shoes on stone steps. "'Whatever could you be up to down here, my love?' Zira teased before rounding the corner and taking in all Crowley's hard work. Crowley grinned insolently as he continued to fuck himself with slow, measured strokes." Part of him had been sure Zira would forget that he was alone. He was bloody ecstatic, to be wrong. It made him hopeful in a way he hadn't been in a long time. How thoughtful of you to set this all up for me, Zira deadpanned, slipping into character. But I told you I'd come down at eleven o'clock. Here I am... Fifteen minutes early to find you starting without me. Crowley felt a thrill of nerves and licked his lips, easing the toy out of his body and tossing it carelessly over his shoulder. Zira's smile was genuine then. That's it, my dear, he murmured, flicking a finger towards Crowley. The demon found himself blown backwards and held fast against the mattress by the faint sting of angelic power. Zira crawled over him, pressing kisses slowly up his heaving chest before capturing Crowley's mouth in a searing kiss. Crowley moaned pitifully into his husband's mouth, immediately surrendering to his need. That's it, Zira repeated in a whisper. Let me take care of you, darling. There was so much agony and hurt behind him. Just a real unfathomable mountain of utter horrible bullshit. That was just the way of things for a demon. Crowley tipped his head back, mouth open in a silent cry, as Azirafel cared for him with several centuries' worth of expertise. Sometimes being a demon was no trouble at all. The End